Welcome to the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa life is where accomplishment and harmony coexist. Now, here's your host and Spa Life curator, Diane Halfman. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa life is a lifestyle that accepts that accomplishment and harmony coexist. The spa and spa life, the SPA, is for seek power always, that power within you to do your deeper work in the world. I am so delighted to introduce our next guest, which is Joy Chang, who with her master's in social work is the queen of transformational book publishing. She's passionate about helping people write and publish their books so they can make the income and the impact they desire and deserve. Joy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Diane. I'm honored to be here. Uh, This is going to be such a fun conversation because you have so many different layers that people maybe don't know about. You are a Patrick Snow certified publishing coach. You're an international bestselling author, a TEDx and professional keynote speaker, mentor, healer, circuit facilitator, and yoga teacher. What area inspires you the most? Well, being a publishing coach is my passion because I believe that we all have a story and it was through sharing my own story that really, you know, was able to help so many people and it transformed my life and my business. And so that's the area that I definitely am most passionate about. Okay. And I know that you share your story in uh, your book called The Naked Truth, uh, a woman's journey to self-love about your personal journey of healing yourself naturally from deep depression and suicidal thoughts through self-love. And I think this is such a perfect conversation and perfect timing to have this conversation uh, with what's happening out in the greater world. Suicides are at all high, you know, depression, people not being uh, as connected as they have been before, that people have to really make a conscious choice to continue those connections. So I'd love for you to share like your story, how you move through that, and what is potentially triggering you now with everything that's happening and how you're helping people move through that. Sure. Um, So when I was in my 20s, I went through years of depression and suicidal thoughts. Um, I remember, you know, walking across this bridge on my way to work and thinking, I wonder what would happen if I jumped off this bridge. So, you know, it was a really difficult time in my life, but it was also very confusing because at the time there was kind of nothing wrong in my life, you know, nothing bad. Like um, everything was good. I had a family and friends that cared about me. I had a boyfriend. I had a job, you know, so things seemed like they were good, but for some reason I was feeling this way. And so, you know, and then I did end up in an abusive relationship. And at that point, it was actually the greatest gift in my life because I didn't realize before that, that I didn't really love myself. And so it was really, that relationship really, you know, highlighted that for me. And so I started thinking, well, you know, I must not love myself because if I did, I wouldn't be in this relationship and I wouldn't have stayed in the relationship, you know, as long as I did. So And when I was in that relationship, I actually got introduced to a type of energy healing that I do with my clients sometimes called Matrix Energetics. And so I went to the seminar with him. And when I was at the seminar, I just started realizing that there were certain beliefs that I had that were really limiting my own happiness. So for example, I had a belief that, you know, if I got married, I'd be happier. Um, And I also had a belief that if I was single, I'd be miserable. And I started to think about these beliefs and started to question them. And I would ask myself, you know, well, how do I know that getting married is going to make me happier? I mean, we have a 50% divorce rate in this country. So there's probably, you know, quite a few people that are married that are not happy. And, you know, how do I know that being single is going to make me miserable? What if being single was the best thing that ever happened to me? And so, you know, really by just flipping those questions and not necessarily even knowing the answer to it, I feel like it really created space for me to really have the courage to finally end that relationship because I had kind of tried to end it before, but, you know, never really stuck. And so, you know, just doing that, I made the decision. I said, okay, I need to get out of this relationship and then I need to learn how to love myself. 
And I really didn't know how I was going to do that, but I just, you know, knew that it was something that I needed to do. And I realized that I had had a pattern of going from like one long-term relationship to another and really not being fully happy in it, but not wanting to end it because I had this fear of being alone. You know, it goes back to like my childhood and this fear of abandonment that happened with my dad, which you don't need to go into unless you want to. But, you know, so it just, I, once I realized that, I was like, okay, you know, I just need to start learning to love myself and then, you know, only get into another relationship not because there's something like I'm afraid of being alone or because I have something missing in my life, but just to have someone that I want to get to know better, you know? And so, so I made that decision to, you know, end that relationship and start learning to love myself. And then the universe started bringing those opportunities into my life to help me, you know, learn to love myself. So I really think that, you know, it does take making a decision. We don't necessarily need to know the how, but, you know, by just making a decision that can really change your life when you really just make a decision and say, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So connect the dots for us a little bit as far as, you know, this realization, right, about, uh, you know, and I I do love and I completely believe that experiences that we're in that may feel uh, that they aren't the best experience for us can be some of our our best lessons and the things that we can really grow from. So I really do believe things happen for us. It's how we actually look at them that we can actually evolve from them. From this place of self love and self-realization and these questions that you were asking yourself, how did that bridge the gap to be able to see the impact of how that changed your suicidal thoughts and your, your thoughts of depression? Yeah. So um, a couple, so some of the things that I did, like I I found a Facebook group called hundred days to self-love. So that maybe hundred days of self-love. And so that group and in that group, what I would do is I would post something every day that I loved about myself in that group. And then sometimes, and I would write it in my journal and sometimes I would share it on my personal Facebook page as well. And um, that was really powerful for a couple of different reasons. You know, one being that you know, just I think that for us as women, especially, we tend to be really hard on ourselves, right? And so we tend to really focus on, you know, what is not good about ourselves and, you know, and what we could do better rather than like, what do we actually love? And, and you know, and the goal is to get to a point, like eventually you want to get to a point where you can love the quote unquote bad parts about yourself that you don't necessarily want people to know. Um, but you start with what you already do. So you can start with something easy, like I love my hair, or, I love my eyes or, you know, whatever it is. And knowing that there are definitely things you already love about yourself now, and at the time, you know, a hundred things felt like I didn't think I could do that. Like I was like, I can't, I don't think there are a hundred things to love about myself. And so it felt like a really big stretch to me, but I was willing to give it a shot. And so I did. And I ended up doing it for over like 365 days. And I don't remember how many days, but I realized that there are an infinite number of things to love about myself, as I believe it's the same for all of us, you know, and also doing it in a group was really helpful because for one thing, like having other people post their things, it might remind you of things that you forgot that you loved about yourself. But there's also something about group synergy, right? Where one plus one equals three, not two. And so there is really something powerful about people coming together for a common purpose. Yes, absolutely. So this realization and these things that you could find the positivity in yourself became the building blocks that were, you know, allow you to really see yourself as the brilliance and the package that that you are in the totality. And one of the things I love about, you know, just bringing to light about women, not always, not only sharing about themselves, but things that they may hide about themselves. And that, you know, remind me of, you know, when I was on the police department, you know, yes, I worked patrol, but I also worked undercover and working undercover, there was aspects that 
I obviously didn't share in that position, but there were also parts of my life that I didn't necessarily want to share either. And so I believe there's kind of three different aspects of our life. There's that public life, the part that we show people, you know, we easily share it. Then the private, which maybe with our closest friends and people that we do things with, but then there's always that undercover life. There's that part that we hope people don't find out about us, or we think that we're going to be judged on those things, or there's things that are going to happen that... I don't know, the world's going to crumble. And I think that's where you can either do the things that elevate you and shine light on that, or you can also kind of have the slippery slope where you go down and you're hiding those things. And then you kind of get into that. I think that's where the depression things can expand just because of the environments that we create and the people. And I think it's so important that you talked about the community that we create and the people that are around us, because it's so important that you know we can have a hundred great days. And that one day can maybe feel like it can take us out. Mm-hmm. And who is it that we're going to turn to, to really support us um, in doing that? So you talk about having like self-love and so what are some of the, the habits that you do to increase that self-love so that you have more positive days and, and more um, expansion days versus, you know, contracting? Yeah. Um, so, you know, another thing that I did during this time that I still do is is like a gratitude practice, right? So there is a Facebook group called What Am I Grateful For Today? And so the same thing, I would post something every day that I was grateful for in that group. I would write it in my journal and I would share it on my personal page as well. And that's also powerful because it really retrains our mind because our minds tend to be really focusing on what's lacking in our lives, especially when you're in a depressive state, right? And so it really retrained me to start thinking about the positive, like what do I have to be grateful for? Knowing that there's always something. It could be as simple as having, you know, roof over your head or clothes or, you know, shelter, right? Like the really basic having food, like the very basic things that, you know, a lot of people don't even have. And so being able to realize that, you know, there are so many things to be grateful for, you know, every day. Yeah, definitely. And this idea around community, I mean, this is one of the reasons I love having my podcast is that I think that we expand the community. The more we share, the more we have positive platforms, the more you know people can recognize themselves in, in the transition of, of people's stories. I think it's such an important thing. Um, and you also have your podcast, uh, The Naked Truth. Uh, how has that helped you in, in your healing? And maybe share some of, of the stories that have come out of that. Sure. Yeah. So um, my podcast is called the Naked Truth Movement, and you know, I it it's called the movement a movement because it really is beyond a podcast to me. It really is creating a movement of people that are willing to share our stories and to be vulnerable when we share them and to recognize that when we do share our stories, you know, from a vulnerable place when we're not afraid to you know just say like speak our truth, that we feel less alone, right? Like all of us feel less alone in the world, and so. It's been great to interview people from all walks of life and to realize that no matter what people have gone through, like we all have gone through challenges, right? So I had a guy interviewed who's made and lost millions over and over again. And to hear, you know, the challenge, the challenges that he went through as well as the current challenges. And so, um, you know, I ask people, you know, certain questions and then there's also a conversation too. So I don't always know what I'm going to ask because it's really kind of in the moment too. But, um, but yeah, I asked them about like their greatest challenge and their greatest current challenge and, um, but one of the great questions is, what's your naked truth? And that's kind of my, you know, signature question that, you know, is actually a space that I create for hopefully healing for the guests as well as the audience. So, you know, I hold space for the possibility that, you know, my guests may share something they've never shared before. And, you know, to know that they have that space to share because there's something really healing when we're able to share things, you know, that we've never shared before. And then also, hopefully, the the listeners, when they hear that, they'll be like thinking, wow, you know, I 
have never told anybody that as well. And I, you know, might be afraid to tell somebody, but to know that I'm not the only person that's had that thought, I think is really like makes people feel less alone. Yes. And, you know, you really embrace the concept of when women heal, it heals the world. Can you kind of expand a little bit on that? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, women, I mean, the feminine energy is super powerful and especially like, I mean, that's, you know, we hold a lot, we hold a lot of energy, right? Especially if you have a family, um, you know, you're holding a lot of energy if you have kids, right? And in your spouse and, and just, I mean, if, you know, if women are asked to do so much these days, you know, like back in the day, like women had to take care of the kids and that's a huge responsibility in and of itself, obviously. But having to do that now and have a career and I mean, do all these things like, and especially now with what's going on in the world and, and women having to homeschool their kids on top of like, I just can't even, you know, I don't have kids right now. So I can't even imagine like the stress that has been put on women, um, especially like just extra, you know, stuff to do. And, and so I think that, um, and also women, you know, back in the day used to come together in community a lot more. Like we are women, especially, I mean, I mean, men too, but like women, especially need community, you know, we're not designed to like be on our own to, you know, just like we're designed to, to be in community. That's when we thrive. And so, you know, having been a circle facilitator and being parts of, of women's circles, having that blessing and that honor, like what I realized was that being in those in those circles, you know, the the most powerful part of those circles is being able to just share whatever's on your mind, knowing that you're not going to get any advice, you're not going to get any feedback, like you know, or anything. Like a lot of times, you know, you might share a story with a friend, and they're like, "Oh yeah, me too," and then they start going about their thing, right? And and versus like having the chance to really like have people just listen to you um, without judgment, without advice. And we do this thing called beaming where you kind of put your hands up and it's really just this where you get to receive in this moment of like, you know, them saying, I see you, I love you, I honor you for your truth, whatever that is, even if I may not agree with it, you know, it's, it doesn't matter in that moment. It's all about you just receiving. And I think that's really powerful, especially for us as women. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's, I think it's more important than ever just to be able to ca- cultivate who is your community, who's going to be there for you and to lift you up when you're in those, you know, kind of challenging times. And, you know, I, I really like to look at, you know, I think it's how you look at something is how you're going to act from that place. And, you know, a lot of times we talk about like the fears, the different fears that women have, and you can have kind of like this, like circular fear, right? Where you can start with one fear and then it's, if it kind of spins and it kind of almost like attracts all these other fears and it can kind of spiral up. And so there's a way that you can kind of move through those fears and really step into being more fierce. And really that's that reclaiming of your power and really empowering that. Um, I'd love to have you talk a little bit about how you acknowledge fear and how you move through that. Sure. Yeah. I think, like you said, the first step is really the acknowledgement of it, right? I think that a lot of us want to push our fears away, right? We want to be like, oh, I know, like just don't even want to think about it or and versus like, and that just keeps it there, right? And it's like what you resist persists, right? And so so first recognizing that you have a fear, right, of the thing. So saying, okay, I I acknowledge, you know, just like really talking to your fear and saying, okay, you know, acknowledge that I have this fear and then thanking it for being there because there's a purpose for it, right? We have fears for a reason and you know, our fear is there to keep us safe, you know, so that if there is something that we have to be concerned about, then we're aware of it. And so we don't want to just not acknowledge that it's there. And because when we, when we acknowledge it, then the, the fear goes away. Like there's less power there. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I believe that fear saved my life on many nights where something triggered, especially in being in alleys by yourself at like two in the morning and then having some fear that pops up, you know, it, it brings your awareness, right? Then your your intuition starts to kick in. Then you can really start trusting yourself and you start leaning in to situations. And I think that the more you listen to those type of things, they can actually help you be more grounded in, in where you are and make better and clearer decisions um, to really help. And I just absolutely believe that our life experience really does uh, guide us in where we need to go. And so one of the things that I also like to talk about with my guests is what are some of the disempowering things that have happened in your life that you were able to turn around and have them, you either learned from them or they became empowering positive moments? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that abusive relationship was a huge thing for me. Thankfully for me, when I was in that situation, I think a lot of times people tend to internalize and think that they did something wrong, right? And that's very common. But for me, I somehow knew that it wasn't about me. Like, because I just realized, I was like, you know, what I, whatever he said to me, like it didn't warrant, like what I did or said did not warrant the response I got. Like it just didn't make sense. So I was like, I know that there's, it's, this is not about me. And actually, while we were together, um, he found out that he was abused as a kid by his mom. Like his mom threw him against a wall as a baby. And so obviously that has an effect on you, you know, if you, even if you weren't aware of it. And, you know, and he also had experiences with women in the past, you know, that I think were also influencing. And like we all bring stuff into relationships right from the past. But, um, but yeah, so I definitely, I'm glad, grateful that I had that awareness because I think a lot of people may not have that. And, and and it's so easy to think like, wow, there must be something wrong with me that I did something to cause them to, to act this way towards me versus recognizing that they're, that they've got their stuff and that they're, you know, probably projecting that onto you and whatever. And, you know, people that have been abused are more likely to abuse other people and, and all these things. Right. And so just recognizing that, that it's, it's not about you. Right, right. And what I'm hearing also is just having perspective, right? And so sometimes when, you know, we can really look at as the observer of like, okay, what's happening over here with them, it's not necessarily a reflection of me. And I really do believe that that keeps you uh, grounded in who you are and to just accept what's happening in front of you and be able to, to move through it from a from a more powerful perspective because we interact with our environments, you know, whether it's our people or our space. And, you know, that's another thing I, I love to kind of talk about too, is that, you know, we have different experiences in our bedroom versus our kitchen versus our, our living room or office. So what is the favorite room that you have in your home and why? Hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting question. Well, we have a really great backyard, so it's not really in our, our house, I guess, but part of the house. So being able to be in our backyard, we have a park, um, like a really big park that we overlook. And so just being able to see the trees and be outside is really nice. Yeah, that's awesome. I've I've had several guests talk about the their outdoor nature as being their favorite like room because they can kind of expand their space in that. And you know, just what I've found is that we are co-creative with our environments and how they impact us in ways that uh, we don't even necessarily realize. I mean, you can walk past a room and there, there's some rooms I've I've found, especially with some of my clients, that they just they don't go in those rooms. Like there's something about that room that it 
takes their energy away. And, and sometimes that ends up being their office, right? So a place that they <laughs> want to have expansive energy in is actually really contractive. So I just love to see the the spaces that people choose that actually inspire them and really give them great ideas or that they feel good in as well. So just that intentionality that we have um, in being with the people that that we want to be with and, and doing the things that, that we want to do. So I just, I love you know, I'm, I'm such a big proponent of, of sharing your story and uh, the lessons that we personally learn and the things that people can, can take away from um, themselves. So I love that uh, you're all about story and people utilizing their story, not only as part of their healing, but also to be part of their gift that they give out in the world. So I know that uh, people are going to want to stay uh, in contact with you. How can they do that? Yeah, the best way would be to go to my website. It's joychain.com, J-O-I-E-C-H-E-N-G.com. And you can find out more about me there and you can contact me there. Wonderful. Well, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and um, your, your courage and sharing your story and being here with us today. Thank you, Diane. Thanks again for having me. You got it. And to our listeners, I just want to thank you so much for for being here with us. Uh, You bringing your energy here, you listening, getting the words out and sharing is such an important aspect of getting positive messages out in the world. So please, if you've not already, you know, subscribe and share, get it out. Who's that woman in your life that needs to hear this message? And uh, put in some of the comments, you know, what would you like to hear more of or less of? Or, you know, if you've got questions, make sure that you tag both uh, Joy and myself and we'd be happy to answer them and to support you in any way that we can. So until we connect again, live your spa life. Bye for now. Your host and spa life curator, Diane Halfman, wants you to know you can download her free guide to start living your spa life right now. Go to dianehalfman.com and click on the link for the nine secrets to step into your spa life. Now, live your spa life where accomplishment and harmony coexist.